Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Atlanta, Georgia, it's time for Atlanta Business Radio. Brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com. Now, here's your host. Lee Cantor here, another episode of Atlanta Business Radio, and this is going to be a good one. But before we get started, it's important to recognize our sponsor, OnPay. Without them, we could not be sharing these stories. Today on Atlanta Business Radio, we have Ben Weiss with CoinFlip. Welcome, Ben. Hey, thanks so much for having me on, Lee. Well, I'm excited to learn what you're up to. Tell us a little bit about CoinFlip. So CoinFlip is the USA's largest Bitcoin ATM provider. We have Bitcoin ATMs in 47 states, including a ton in Georgia, all over the state. So um, how does that work? So the Bitcoin ATMs are super easy. And the reason we have these ATMs is because Bitcoin can be confusing. It can be intimidating. Maybe you only want to buy 50 bucks, 100 bucks. But basically, you find your local CoinFlip ATM, which you can find on our website, coinflip.tech. And you go to the ATM using a gas station, convenience store. All you need is your phone and some physical cash. So you go to the ATM, you scan your wallet at the ATM, and you put in cash, and you get your Bitcoin right away on the spot. So I can actually have no Bitcoin, go to CoinFlip, and then put money in, and then I would have Bitcoin. Yep, you'll have your Bitcoin in under five minutes. And then do I get a wallet as well? Like, where does the Bitcoin go? So, yeah, you can use any wallet you want at our ATMs. We recommend, for instance, the BRD wallet, which you can easily just download from the App Store. If you have your own wallet already, we're cool with that, too. Um, But if you're a newbie to Bitcoin, we recommend the BRD wallet from the App Store. Uh, You can download that, you know, 30 seconds a minute. Just make sure you remember your password and your recovery seat. And um, why don't you educate folks on this a little bit? The crypto's in the news a lot lately. Um, A lot of people maybe are seeing these kind of large valuations and and it's very volatile. Can you explain a little bit about um, what it is and how it works and why people should consider it? Sure. So cryptocurrency, and I'll talk about Bitcoin specifically because there's a bunch of different cryptocurrencies, but I'll keep it simple. So Bitcoin is basically digital gold. Um, There's only going to be 21 million Bitcoins in the world. There will never be more. So Bitcoin is scarce. It's all digital. It's on this thing called the blockchain. So when you hear Bitcoin, there's no physical Bitcoin. It is all on the blockchain. It is all in cyberspace. To store Bitcoin, you need a wallet. The point about Bitcoin is you're your own bank and you hold your own money, which is cool, but you have to be responsible and you know safety and security is super important. So um, a couple wallets we recommend, the BRD wallet in the app store. That's a great wallet to get started with. Now, with your wallet, you're going to have a password and make sure you remember that because if someone gets a hold of your phone, obviously, you know, you don't want them to go in and be able to take your Bitcoin. So that's why you have a password. In addition to a password, you have a thing called a recovery seat. It is usually 12 words, 
write those down when you set up your wallet. That is your recovery seed. And what does your recovery seed allow you to do? So your Bitcoins aren't actually on your phone per se. So like, let's say you break your phone, you get a new phone, you don't want to lose your Bitcoin, right? So you get a new phone, you re-download the BRD app, the wallet, and then you put in those recovery words, those 12 words, and it restores your Bitcoin. So it's super important to write down that recovery seed because it's not like Chase Bank. If you forget your password or your recovery seed, there's no one to call. And then another thing about Bitcoin too, Bitcoin uh, right now, I think a Bitcoin's around $40,000. The cool thing about Bitcoin, you don't need $40,000 to buy a Bitcoin. You can buy uh, $10 of Bitcoin, $20 of Bitcoin, $40 of Bitcoin. It's infinitely divisible, which is really cool. So now for people who are thinking about investing in Bitcoin, I, to me, it gets confusing in maybe they, they named it incorrectly. In by calling it a cryptocurrency, a currency typically is pretty stable. Like it doesn't mm-hmm. fluctuate uh, as dramatically as Bitcoin does or any of the cryptocurrencies. Can you talk about how and why you would add crypto to your portfolio? Is it an investment or is it something that I should use to buy Starbucks? So in the US, it is an investment, it is an asset. People aren't buying you know, $4 coffees with Bitcoin. So in the US, dollars and credit cards work well enough for, you know, daily transactions. So it's an asset. Now, where you see it as a currency is in places where there's a bunch of inflation, there's government failure, there's monetary failure. So for instance, in Nigeria, Bitcoin actually is at a 10 to 20% premium, because everyone uses it as a currency. So I think cryptocurrency sometimes does confuse people because in a lot of countries in the world, especially, you know, destabilized countries, Venezuela, people are using it as a currency because it holds value, right? It's a scarce resource. It's a store of value. But in the U.S., I believe you are correct, at least at this point in time, it is primarily an asset. Um, Another reason why it hasn't caught on as much as a currency is because the way the IRS treats it for tax purposes It's treated like, you know, a stock or property. So if you use your Bitcoin to buy stuff, you know, you might have a weird like capital gain tax implication. So the tax code has made it very receptive to use Bitcoin as a currency in the U.S. So as of now, it's more of an asset. That's why I call it digital gold, right? It's a hedge against inflation. It's a hedge against mismanagement by the government. And no one uses gold to buy Starbucks, but it's still worth something, right? Now, what about, uh, you mentioned this briefly about the taxes. How does that work? So if I buy Bitcoin, say I buy, like you said, it's around $40,000. Say I buy $40,000 worth, so I have one Bitcoin right this second. Mm -hmm. Um, What's my kind of the tax implication to that? Is there anything until I sell it? Is that where the government starts getting There is nothing until you sell it. And if you hold it over a year, it's long-term capital gains. If you hold it less than a year, it's, you know, short-term, it's ordinary income. So it's treated like a stock. But now the difference between a stock and Bitcoin is the, you know, my broker is going to send me a report at the end of the year of what I bought and sold. Is someone sending me a report of what I bought and sold of Bitcoin? So... 
Typically, no. Sometimes because you can buy your Bitcoin on platform A. Let's say you buy your Bitcoin on Coinbase and you sell it at the CoinFlip ATM. You know, it's it's a it's an open system. So it's like, you know, if you sold at the CoinFlip ATM, we don't know what you bought it at, you know. Um, but if you sell Bitcoin, you will have a taxable event. And it's important to remember, too, it's not just if you make a gain. Let's say you buy some Bitcoin, it goes down a little bit, you get nervous, you sell it, which I recommend against. But you do that, you know, you can get a loss on that, too, which will help you on your taxes. But it's just you're just taking my word for it. Uh, yeah, yeah. So basically, when you you should keep good records when you buy and sell Bitcoin. More and more firms are making like accounting and tax software. I've seen it more for people who trade daily because that where that's where the record keeping gets pretty tough. But any of these firms that you buy Bitcoin from, whether it's us, Coinbase, uh, Robinhood. Everyone should have those records of what you bought your coin at. So, you know, at the end of the year, just sort of remember if you cash out, um, sort of remember where, where where you cashed out at and where you bought it from, like what firm, and they, they'll have those records for you. So. Right, but it's kind of on you because, like you said, I yes. could buy it in one place and I could sell it somewhere else. Yeah, so that is sort of one of the – it's not frustrating, but that is one of the things that as the industry grows, you're going to see a much more automated tax solutions, just sort of kind of what you talked about with your broker. But um, the customer facing stuff always lags a little bit behind, um, you know, the core innovation, the core technology, just like the wallets have the wallets used to be really, really bad and not user friendly, like even two or three years ago. And that's really the wallets have gotten amazing now. So in terms of the taxes and that sort of stuff with like the software and easy ways for people to keep track of it in the next couple of years, you'll see a lot of solutions, but yeah, it, it is on you to, um, you know, don't assume just cause you bought your stuff here or here that the company is going to send you, you know, a 1099 or some sort of tax forms. You know, I don't know every company's policy, but it's typically pretty hard for the company to do that because they don't necessarily know your basis. So now um, for the person that says, you know what, I want to get in on this. Wh- where should they go? The the complete novice newbie, where do you recommend, what platform do you recommend them kind of buying their first Bitcoin with? Yeah, obviously I'm biased towards CoinFlip, but I'll give everyone the whole picture of what I think, you know, depending on how much you want to buy, do you want to use physical cash, do you want to send wire transfer from your bank. I'll basically give you sort of the whole rundown of companies I trust, um, you know, when I make my Bitcoin purchases. So obviously CoinFlip um, is my company and we're Bitcoin ATMs, we're in gas stations, convenience stores. Um, if you don't, if you don't feel comfortable using an online exchange or waiting a week to get registered, or, uh, you know, you want someone to help you on the phone when you download your wallet, um, you want to pay with cash, you want to do 400 bucks, 500 bucks, or you want to do 5,000, but you sort of want that, you know, one-on-one customer support, I recommend going to our ATMs. Um, if you want to buy, uh, if you have Cash App on your phone, they have a cool feature where you can buy recurring Bitcoin. So let's say you can put, buy me $100 a week every Friday at 3 p.m., um, 
it's a pretty cool feature. And this is for if you want a dollar cost average into Bitcoin. Like, let's say, hey, I really like Bitcoin, but I'm unsure about the price. I want to buy $100 every week. Cash App is pretty cool. Obviously, Coinbase is a popular place um, to buy Bitcoin. And with Coinbase, if you don't want to hold your own funds, if you want them to hold your funds, you can keep your money on Coinbase. So Coinbase is pretty cool. Um, Robinhood is if you have Robinhood, you technically can buy Bitcoin there, but you're not actually you're not actually buying Bitcoin because you can't withdraw it from there. So it's like sort of a derivative. Um, and then also, if you want to do a wire transfer coin flip, also through our OTC desk, we do wire transfers, $3,000 minimum. So that's sort of the companies I would go to. So again, just to summarize, coin flip for you know cash at the ATMs, or if you want to send a wire transfer, minimum $3,000 on the wire transfer. If you want to set recurring purchases, uh, Cash App is great on your phone. Uh, it's very low maintenance to set the recurring purchase. If you want someone else to hold your funds for you on an exchange and not have your own wallet, Coinbase would be my go-to. And then I'm not a fan of Robinhood on crypto because you don't actually own the coin. You can't withdraw it. Um, but if you have a Robinhood and you think that's convenient and you don't want to have a you know, account somewhere else, you know, I, you know, Robinhood's an option as well. Now let's talk a little bit about the crypto scene here in Atlanta. Um, how do you find Atlanta? Are we um, kind of in the front of this? Are we lagging? Where, where are we? I think Atlanta is doing pretty well. The cool thing about crypto compared to normal tech, like normal tech basically is just in San Francisco for the most part. Crypto, you can be anywhere. Anyone can buy crypto. Anyone can participate in crypto. And you can see that with the amount of ATMs we have in Georgia. We have ATMs all over Metro Atlanta. We have ATMs in Columbus. We have ATMs in Rome, Albany, um, by the Florida border, Brunswick, Waycross, Savannah, Statesboro. So Georgia has been a very good state for us. And we've seen a lot of demand in Atlanta, but also in the entire state. And then an interesting thing we found with the ATMs is, you know, cities with like 10 to 30,000, like, you know, medium sized, even smaller towns. At first, we were reluctant to put the ATMs there because we're like, you know, is there going to be a customer base to support these ATMs? You know, they're expensive to maintain and service. And we've actually found that those like smaller towns per ATM, they're buying just as much as the people in Metro Atlanta. So that was something that like surprised me. So the demand is pretty high, even in markets that you wouldn't think are obvious. Yeah, the demand is high. And I've seen that in, yeah, I, at first, like when we started the company, we're like, we're only going to focus on the big cities, right? You know, it's, you can scale it. You can put a bunch of ATMs, you know, people might know more about Bitcoin uh, it's walkable, all these factors, but we've actually seen our ATMs in, you know, more rural and medium sized towns do just as well and sometimes even better than the metro areas. So I think that kind of shows like the broad appeal of uh, Bitcoin and, you know, the people who buy Bitcoin, it's way more diverse of a crowd than you would think. Now, um, how do you see kind of this playing out and maybe the short term more, I guess the long term is almost impossible to predict, but in the short term, it just seems there's been a lot of volatility lately. 
Um, you yeah. know, and well, I actually think the long term is easier. I think it's you know it'll you know there's only 21 million coins. Um, there's more millionaires in the world than that. So like, if everyone bought a if every millionaire bought a coin, like you know the the price of a Bitcoin I think is going to be over a million dollars a coin at some point, whether that's five years, seven years, ten years in the short term. So what you're seeing right now is. You know, Bitcoin ran up all the way to 60,000, right? And now you're seeing a little bit of a pullback, which is normal. You know, I've seen it go, like in 2017, it went from 20,000 to 3,000. So this is par for the course. It's been stable around 40 now. Uh, today, it looks like. But I think in the short term, you're going to see the market sort of try and find a stable price. Like 60,000 was too high. It's a lot of hype. Um you know, then it went down all the way to 30,000. I think that was too low. So I think you're going to see it around 40 to 50,000 for, you know, maybe a couple months. But I think by December, you're going to see it probably around 70 to 80. Obviously, this is just my own personal opinion, um, not investment advice. Another cool thing to keep an eye on is outside of Bitcoin, I would really keep an eye on Ethereum. Bitcoin is actually the most boring of all the cryptocurrencies. It's the great the greatest for holding value. And before you buy any other cryptocurrency, you should buy Bitcoin. But a lot of the innovation uh, with, you know, DeFi, with uh, NFTs, with a lot of stuff is all happening on the Ethereum network. And if, you know, your readers, I won't go too deep into it, but if readers want to do their own research, looking into DeFi, which stands for Decentralized Finance, I think, you know, is pretty interesting as well, where you're going to see a lot of the traditional financial system, lending, derivatives, all that sort of stuff is going to be done uh, with crypto more efficiently and more effectively. Now, I, um, our organization had the privilege to be broadcasting from uh, FinTech South uh, recently, uh, and I got to talk to a lot of people that are very active in the fintech community all over the world. To a person, I asked them if they were bullish on blockchain. And to a person, they all were. Nobody, everybody thought blockchain, that's where it's at. So when I asked them about crypto, they were hesitant to pick a winner. They feel like yeah. conceptually, this is something that's here to stay, but they weren't as confident in saying that, okay, this is the one, this is the horse to bet on. Has anything changed uh, since I had those conversations in your mind with those folks? So in my mind, Bitcoin and Ether, like, I mean, they're here to stay. After that, you're basically gambling. I mean, unless you're incredibly knowledgeable, like even myself, like beyond Bitcoin and Ether, I'll just buy a basket of like decentralized finance. Like I don't try and pick winners and losers beyond that. It's sort of like in the 2000s, right? Like, you know, the tech bubble and people call it the tech bubble, like sort of in a negative way. But there are all these companies and you sort of had no idea which ones were going to succeed and which ones were not. Like a lot of smart people, you know, bet on companies that went under in the tech bubble. But from the tech bubble, you saw Facebook, you saw Amazon, you know, you saw all these uh, companies still succeed, like Amazon, the most richest company, Apple actually might be richer, but basically one of the best companies, you know, that came from the tech bubble. 
And after, like when the dust settles with crypto, there's going to be, you know, four or five, maybe 10 clear winners. But beyond Bitcoin and Ethereum, I would agree it's hard to pick. That's why you should, you know, expose yourself to a little bit of everything versus trying, you know, don't put all your money in Dogecoin, for instance. Um, but then kind of what you alluded to when you said, you know, that people were saying, I'm a big believer in blockchain. Uh, crypto I'm less certain about I think that is sort of direction that is true a true point in a fair statement in the sense that like Bitcoin and crypto gets all the attention because you know people because money's involved but the actual tech behind blockchain is here to stay a hundred percent regardless of crypto crypto is just like the most famous application of it voting property records health records, real estate, um, supply chain logistics, like basically any single function you can think of right now, at some point will be handled on a blockchain. So the blockchain, the tech that underlies Bitcoin and crypto is so much deeper than just Bitcoin and crypto. And that 100% is here to stay. Now, what do you need more of? How can we help you? What does CoinFlip need more of? So CoinFlip just wants awareness and um, attention to cryptocurrency. You know, regardless of what you do for a living, you can get involved in some way and you don't have to buy cryptocurrency or you can. That's a personal choice. But I think everyone should know about cryptocurrency. Uh, it's here to stay. Um, just like it's basically like the internet 20 years ago, you know, I bet everyone sort of wishes they knew about the internet when it was first sort of coming up. Um, so I would ask that, you know, just whenever, if you can have crypto guests on crypto educational things, just spreading the word um, about cryptocurrency and it doesn't have to be like a positive or, you know, pro crypto, it can be super objective. It could be even having people on who don't like crypto. I think just, Talking about crypto is super important right now because we, you know, people don't want to miss something really important. Right. And it's important for the, just like you mentioned, Amazon is still around, but pets.com, not so much. Yeah. You know, uh, there's going to be winners and losers. We just don't know at this stage who's who. And, but in order to win, you got to be in the game. So, yeah. And be patient if you're, if you're an investor, uh, you know, for instance, a lot of my people, a lot of people I know when Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin in 2017 went to 20,000, then it went all the way down to 3,000. And these people who bought Bitcoin at 18, 19K, it went down to 3,000, right? And a lot of them cashed out and got killed. If they would have just held it two or three more years, it's at 40,000. Even after crashing the last couple of days, it's still at 40,000. You would have doubled your money, even if you bought it at the top of the last bull market. So, um, you know, I would say that if you are down on paper, like if you're at, if Bitcoin or whatever crypto is going down, hold it if you can, because there's a good chance it will be worth more in a year or two than it was today. So the only people I know who have bad experiences with crypto, assuming they're buying reputable coins are the ones who sell it. Now, Ben, if somebody wants to learn more about CoinFlip, what's the website? CoinFlip.tech. Um, and then personally, you know, my Twitter is Ben CoinFlip. My Instagram is Ben CoinFlip. People could always reach out to me directly if they have questions. 
Good stuff. Well, Ben, thank you for sharing your story today. Yeah, thank you so much. And love the work you guys are doing um, with business and with uh, crypto. And really grateful that you had me on today. All right. This is Lee Cantor. We will see you all next time on Atlanta Business Radio. Today's episode of Atlanta Business Radio is brought to you by OnPay. Built in Atlanta, OnPay is the top-rated payroll and HR software anywhere. Get one month free at OnPay.com.